welcome back. You're listening to Those Trans Guys Podcast, a podcast focused on everyday education and experiences about trans men. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Trinket and Vine. Trinket and Vine is a small pin shop based in Vancouver, BC. It is owned by two Disney and fantasy-loving women. If a fandom exists, there's a good chance they love it. Their spotlight this month is a pin called Pride Light. It's a Disney-themed pride flag, and 50% from each purchase is donated to a local LGBT charitable organization. Use my specific offer code, TRANSPOD22, for 20% off your purchase. And I would like to thank them with a big heart that they did this and sponsored my podcast. Welcome back to a new episode of Those Trans Guys. Hope you guys are doing well, and September has already come, and I'm not ready for it because I know it's going to fly by. Uh, today, I have a special guest with me today, and I'll let you in, uh, be introduced to them, and here we go. Uh, <laughs> hi, my name's Oliver. Um, I don't really know where to start. I have a lot of hats now, <laughs> um, but I guess you contacted me through my soap page, so I, I'm a soap maker. Um <laughs> Uh, among other uh, interests, I guess. For sure. So yeah, tell me what's what kind of got you on to making soap and like where you identify in the LGBT community? Uh, okay. Uh, well, oh, where do I start? Okay, so for, I guess, my identity, like I identify as like a trans mask non-binary person. Um, and uh, in terms of soap, <laughs> so I don't know what got me interested in it, but... Um, like many, many years ago, suddenly I had like this fixation with like bar soaps. And um, then my friend happened to take like a soap making class. And I was like, where did you take that class? And so I took the same one and I was like, oh, I could make that at home. And then I just started from there and it's, I've just never stopped. And so that was how this <laughs> developed. Um, but yeah, it's it's still really fun to me and really satisfying because it's very experimental. And so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Nice. So yeah. what um, kind of products do you make like... like um with like lavender or do you have like certain scents that you use kind of like what what is your main focus for that like do you have any preferred types you like to use or uh so i am like a pretty big scent collector so i use a lot of random stuff that i find um like at soap supply stores and stuff but i um it's really frustrating now because there's not a lot of like uh stores you can go into and like and like uh like scent test things and so i just have to order online like based on names and hope it smells good (laughs) um but i'm actually like more interested in like doing like design work within soap so like kind of making different like patterns and using different colors um i used to paint and i think this is kind of like filled that void because it's like a practical item you can use rather than like something that kind of sits somewhere forever you know when you make a painting so yeah 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 yeah. nice um so are you in like any stores are you just like a small online sort of shop no i'm like it's just like so casual for me like i people have been like you should make it a business and i was like i really don't want it to be like a like proper proper business so it's like very like diy like um i used to do markets um but then like with the pandemic and stuff i just started like doing like home deliveries like i would just bike around vancouver and deliver soap to people and i actually really like doing that so that's kind of i think the model i'm going to stick with for now so people just kind of order from me and then i can just drop it off at their place so yeah yeah so i guess for me like my podcast is kind of like my little baby just like your soap thing is for you and I've been doing it through COVID and it's actually kept me occupied and distracted from what's going on in the world. And I mean, I do have a full-time job, but this is kind of like 
it's been fun and it's it's kind of introduced me to new types of things that I never thought I could do. Like I did YouTube videos before, but in honesty, I prefer podcasting more than YouTube. And then mm. I've been connected with so many awesome people. Like, I don't know if you've heard some of my episodes, but I've been contacted by a lot of awesome people. And one of them I won't spoil because I want to listen <laughs> eventually. And I want the listeners to get excited to look forward to that episode. But I've been reached out by people that I'm like, I never thought that I would get noticed. And the point of this podcast for me is to share my story and my experiences, but also to interact with people in the world from all sorts of walks of life, not just LGBT people, but any kind of story or person that inspires me that I feel would be fitting for my podcast. So when I saw your business and the fact that you were part of the LGBT community, I thought this would be great. And it's just like another kind of different voice and different perspective on things and it was cool that you're like a small little business type thing you're not huge and you're not like you know making millions but you do it because you're passionate about it and i just wanted people to like hear kind of what you do and a little bit about you so oh yeah i appreciate it um and yeah i totally agree with you about like podcasting like being like connecting to people and like it's so cool i i considered starting one too like at the beginning of the pandemic but i never got around to it but yeah i love that you're like doing this and uh yeah it's so cool to get to just like talk with random people especially yeah people that like you just wouldn't ever really get an opportunity to otherwise yeah um yeah so uh wait wait, you have a question okay remember you asked me a question sorry (laughs) well it's okay i mean i just was curious like what you hope to do with your soap thing and like if you continue to um have other inspirations for it are you just kind of enjoying what you're doing gotcha yeah i don't really know i think like at this point um honestly like it's just kind of like paying for me to get through school (laughs) right now which is really nice um like partly like definitely not like a ton of money like coming in from soap stuff but like um it's really nice to like have it as um like it, it kind of has become this thing where it's like okay a lot of like friends and friends of friends buy soap from me and so it's kind of like I get to meet more people because I'm like, it is like this thing where I have to coordinate with them and stuff online um, to drop off. It's not like they just order it online and it gets shipped to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that aspect of it, actually. Um, I don't know if everybody vibes with that, but it's been very nice. And people who do, who are just like, oh, yeah, and I like, have, have a chat with you outside your house or whatever, you know. Um, so like when I drop it off and stuff. And so I really like that. I don't think it's going to get any bigger than this, honestly. And I don't really want it to because I, I am doing like so many other things with my life and I just don't <clears throat> have time. Yeah. To make it like a full time thing. And I don't, I just, yeah. And I don't like this, the like the constant like self promotion you need when you're a proper business. Um, and I really struggled with that, like with music and I struggled with it with soap. Um, and so I just find it so much nicer to have something that's more laid back where it's like if people want to uh, order, they can, but they really don't have to. And it feels much less like pushy than like running yeah. a business. So that's really nice for me. That's cool. I mean, that's a nice way to look at it, right? So instead of, it being your main primary focus and you're like stressing all the time about income or like how to get it out there more and like what to do more with it, you know? So, cause that's, that's stressful as a business owner, but this is more like just a side little almost hobby in a way, but you're still making a little income. So it's like less stressful. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> you ever consider going to um, like a market or like that kind of thing? Yeah. I used to do markets. Um, but the thing with markets is that like, people kind of want to see like a really fancy setup and I didn't have like the means to have a fancy setup. Um, and I do sell it like pretty low cost for what it costs to make because I just wanted it to be accessible. Like I just wanted like nice, well-made, like handmade soap accessible to people because like stuff like Dove is so bad for your, your skin and the environment. Yeah, And I just kind of wanted to like 
because it's like so many like handmade soaps are like ten dollars a bar and they're smaller than the bars I make and I was like oh this is so like such a ripoff to me you know because I'm like I don't know I just want things that are like better for people to be accessible <laughs> yeah. so yeah so for for me it's like if I was going to do markets more they would have to be like higher prices and that kind of thing like um I've had some people ask about having their, my soap in their stores and I have done that in the past but like because I don't want like we kind of have to like negotiate like okay are you going to charge more for it being in your shop so that I can actually make some money off of it? Like, it's this really like weird dance because I just don't have like wholesale prices versus like retail prices because I've never considered making it that much bigger, you know? So it's kind of like this awkward thing to navigate um, with like markets and stuff because I just don't have like, um, like I don't have like a business model set up that would actually make it more profitable. You know, it's kind of like I show up and I would sit there for eight hours and make like $200 and be like, okay, like <laughs> I could have like sold like, like four orders online and like just like biked around the city in half an hour and done that, you know? So it's kind of like this awkward thing where I'm like, I don't really know what I want to do with soap moving forward with market stuff because it is just like a big time suck uh, sometimes, yeah. even though they are fun. So it's kind of like a mixed bag. So yeah, right now I'm just kind of like, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> no, no, for sure. That makes sense. Um, I was just curious because like I know markets are great for that kind of thing. Like they really promote small or big people, you know, and I've been discovering a lot when I go to the markets too, like different companies that I now are like my favorites, you know, like different mm. drinks or like whichever they are, you know, so it, it's kind of neat, but uh, I understand it can be very time consuming and, and take up a lot of like your weekend or time when the off time, right? So um, that makes sense. So, and what do you do like in your spare time outside of the soap business? <laughs> yeah, I don't really have spare time right now. So right now I'm like finishing a psychology degree so I can become a therapist. Um, so I have to finish the degree and then go into a master's program. And so that takes up a lot of my time. Um, I'm almost done, but I, it's still very time consuming. And then I um, I like have like a music project as well that I've had for like a decade now, almost a decade. Right. Um, and so that has been on hold a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've like started doing like dance and then also i'm volunteering for a crisis line so it's kind of like a lot of moving parts all the time for me right now yeah. um yeah so that's uh, the, so it's so funny when people ask like oh what do you do because i'm like i don't know which to focus on anymore yeah. <laughs> there's too much but yeah because before it would be like oh i have a, a music project because that was my full-time like uh pursuit i guess and so now that that's kind of a bit more to the side i don't really know what to tell people <laughs> That's okay though. I mean, whatever yeah. works for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I like work full time in healthcare and then this podcast is like my side gig. And then when I'm not working or doing that, I'm like outside or hanging out with my partner or like hanging out with my cat. So I'm like kind of fluid with how I fill my time. And mm. but I take priority in like what makes me happy. And that's mostly work podcast my partner and my cats. Those are like the top few things. And then cooking good food and just keeping busy. Um, I do have to remember to, of course, like slow down and like chill for a bit too, and like watch my favorite movie or TV show to like recoup. But I find I'm happier when I'm busy. Um, mm. Not to say that like being lazy is okay too, but I like to always try and like do something new and different with my day. And that is something I've learned over the years is being proactive and just getting out and trying new things, you know. And I don't have a lot of time to do like volunteer stuff or any other aspects of like doing things outside of the norm, like what I'm, my day-to-day -day basis is like, but I'm always down to keep it in mind whenever I have spare time. But I find myself doing the other stuff more because that's just what makes me happy. But I know one day I like to try and balance out my life a little bit more so I, I could possibly do that. But the podcast has been really 
helpful in that sense. And I've been interacting with locals and also non-locals. So it's been kind of cool to like chat via Zoom or whichever and and even on social media too. So I'm always trying to build and grow my platform a little bit more. So yeah. it's fun. So yeah. Yeah, so, no, I hear you. It's like it's hard to fit in everything you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice to have your priorities sorted because I think that's like the biggest <laughs> the biggest yeah. challenge sometimes for sure. Yeah, but I think COVID really did a lot of help with that. Like like it sucked, of course, as many can say. Um, but it also helped a lot of people, I think, too, to like learn about themselves or like different things they weren't comfortable doing or building their, you know, hobby list a bit more on things they weren't comfortable or never thought about doing, right? So yeah it has its moments for sure but but being busy i find is is good and bad so you just got to find a happy medium 100 percent. yes it's very yeah it sucks when it gets like burnout management which is kind of where i'm at with uh trying to have like a life around school is it's it is just a lot of like okay i don't want to get sick like over and over again so like how am i gonna like have a life also managing schoolwork so yeah <laughs> yeah no, it's, sure. it's tough for sure <laughs> uh, have you listened to like a lot of podcasts or are you new to the podcast listening world uh, I used to listen to podcasts a lot when I was working, um, but now that I'm in school full time, I have a hard time with like ingesting more information <laughs> on top of school. So I've like dropped off them for a little bit, but I uh, I really like them. But yeah, right now I just find that it's like I can't have too much like stimuli <laughs> yeah. um, on top of everything else I'm doing. So yeah, I do really love podcasts, but I'm yeah I'm taking a, a, a breather during school. <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> I find. I don't listen to tons of them, but I have like a preferred kind of list of what I like to listen to, like the happiness project by Gretchen Rubin. So mm. she's someone who has like a really positive outlook on a lot of things. So I tend to listen to her because her, I don't know, her voice is like really soft and soothing and not like obnoxiously like in your face, which I find some guys I'm like, well, can't listen to that. Got but it. with her, it's like she has a book and she has two different types, one with her sister and one with her. So they're both really informative and helpful in a lot of aspects. Um, but it's crazy though. Like when I started doing this podcast, there was no other trans related podcast of any sort similar to this. So I thought this is a really good opportunity, but also mm -hmm. like, I wonder why too, maybe just people are afraid to put themselves out there, I guess, but I like to keep it as light and fluffy as possible. Unless there's a really like touchy subject that I feel is relevant, then I'll, I'll of course post it because I feel like it's helpful to many people. But uh, yeah, it's surprising that a lot of the community isn't supported as much as it should be. So, and then that's why I try and have a lot of guests on it too, from other walks of life, because it really shares more about other people's stories and inspires people and hopefully, you know, brings some courage, courage to those who might be struggling. So yeah, it's, it's been fun and kept me busy for sure. And I've learned a lot and, and grown a lot since I first started. So it's been good times. Oh, that's so cool. That's so sweet. Um, yeah, I'm very surprised to hear there's not a lot of like trans podcasts or like that you haven't seen any because I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very surprising. I mean, I guess I've seen like, yeah, like guests on podcasts who are trans, but not like specifically like trans oriented podcasts. But I also haven't looked hard. But yeah, I think that's so, yeah, that representation is so important. Like, I really hope that like, sometimes I feel like when I'm posting on social media um, that I'm just like, oh, like all I talk about is trans stuff. But I really hope that it is like helping people who are like struggling with like their identity or, you know, like need or like maybe haven't thought about it before and then are seeing things and they're like, oh, like maybe like, you know, and then they kind of self-reflect or something and that could be helpful. But yeah, sometimes it feels very like 
that's like, like I feel like very one dimensional sometimes on my like personal Instagram about it. But I've had people reach out and be like, oh, I'm really glad you posted that. And so I'm like, okay, well, if it's doing good, then great. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like, I don't want people to just think of me as just a trans guy. Like, there's more to me than that. And that's why every episode I try and incorporate a little bit about my personality and hopefully they can hear it in my voice that I'm not just what meets the eye. Like there's more to me. And so I try and incorporate parts of my life or things that are like what makes me me and what makes me happy. And, and they can get to know me through each and every episode because yeah, it's important and I'm sharing my story, but you know, it's kind of cool to know that I, I like Reese's peanut butter cups or I have two cats or, you know, like this is what I do in my day-to-day life outside of work and podcasting, you know? So there's a lot more to someone than just that image, right? Totally. My, yeah. My identity is important to me and who I am and I'm happy because it's a big part of my life and who I am, but there's more to me. Same with you. Like there's more to you just than your school and, and your identity, but you do soap, you do like other things, you know? So it all incorporates to make you who you are. Yeah, well, it's really interesting. I was just actually like uh, thinking about this because I'm doing like an honors thesis, which is like a big research project that you do at the end of your uh, undergrad degree. And um, I was really like tr- struggling with what, like what my question is, like my research question, because I, I'm really interested in like, so I just did a big like research project on misgendering and like how people navigate being misgendered. And um, one of the takeaways I noticed that was not like um, the main part of the research, but like in like uh because it was based on like reddit threads because we weren't allowed to work with like actual humans we didn't have ethics approval and so um but there were the threads like on reddit that i found where people like posted like how to not care about being misgendered like where they posted in like forms that weren't like just trans specific so like ones that were like oh how to not give a fuck about this so it was kind of like open to everybody a lot of cis people would comment and kind of be like oh don't sweat the small stuff and i was like oh this is so interesting to me because I was like, okay, so so cis people don't recognize that language. Like, I was like, do cis people not understand how language impacts your identity? And like, or do they ex- construct it differently? Or do they understand it differently? Or is it just that you've never uh, examined it? Because I was, so what I, I kind of took away from that is like, okay, I really want to look at like um, how people use language as a sense of agency and sense of self. Because I think what I've noticed is that like, when it comes to like identity formation and cis people that it's a lot about like what you do and that's how you describe yourself through language and then with trans people it's like who you are is right. being asserted through language because you're being like oh um like you kind of have to right like especially in the beginning if you haven't transitioned or you know whatever you have to be like this is who i am and you have to explain it through language you can't like present yourself necessarily you know um and i was like this is so interesting to me and so i'm actually like I was just thinking a lot about that in terms of like how people get really wrapped up in just like the like tra- the otherness of someone and how they're just like all they see is the transness or the queerness in the beginning and they like don't recognize it like that's a person you know like yeah. just like any other person and like um I don't know and I'm really interested in like exploring this further um because I just think it's so interesting how like I was like, I guess if you like fit the narrative that society has for you, like you never really question yourself and who you are. And I was like, that is such a crazy disservice to like everybody, you know? Yeah, so, no, for sure. Yeah, it's it's like a little bit disrespectful, but. <laughs> oh no, like, like I mean, like, yeah, misgendering is like super like, I mean, the like the takeaway from like cis people was like, it, it's very dismissive language, right? But I was just like, there's something deeper here to me of like, oh, like you don't even recognize like what that means, right? Like to be misgendered, right? And like what that 
um, that someone is saying like, you're not who you are. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that was just really like, I was like, oh, there's so much here. I want to like unpack. <laughs> yeah, It's true though. Like there's more to it than people would assume. Right. And, and the ones that were like, we're the ones going through it. So obviously we have a lot more to say about it because we're the ones that are first handedly in that situation. So not everyone understands it. Same with like dysphoria and same with like, you know, all those terms like dead names and things like that. Like there's a lot to it that people just skim the surface and think that it's okay. But that's why I've done some episodes on it. I'm like, mm, these aren't okay to ask people and you shouldn't be asking it. And just because Google says something doesn't mean it's actually legit. So mm, maybe just ask instead. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the whole thing with like, yeah, if you Google something, it's like, well, literally everybody is different. <laughs> so everyone's gonna have a different like feeling about whatever the, the issue is that you want to address with them. Right. And so it's like, yeah, like, yeah, asking is always the best option. <laughs> yeah. So tell people um, kind of the name of your little soap thing and if where they can find you, if that's okay. Just so, because I don't yeah. know if you talked about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's called Grove Soap. And um, right now, Instagram is the best place. So it's just literally Grove Soap, like G-R-O-V-E-S-O-A-P on Instagram. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'll put that below as well so people can find it. But that's cool. So are you just wanting like local people to reach out or is it okay if someone like from around the world reaches out or is it not so good? Oh, like, yeah. Anyone can reach out. But the thing is just shipping is crazy expensive. And so it's kind of like up to people if they want to spend money on it. Like I'm, I always like, I ship like in the U S and Canada mostly. Um, but yeah, cause once it gets to like Europe, it's like, well, you may as well just buy soap there, honestly. Cause yeah. it's just, like, the shipping is insane. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I, I do ship though. Yeah. If people want, want to, but I deliver free within Vancouver because I can just bike around the city. So yeah. Nice. Well, that sounds yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I just wanted to like have you on and talk about your little side business sort of. And I thought it was kind of cool that, um, that you do this, even though you're busy with other stuff, but I just like to support like local small people, you know, and especially LGBT too, but it's just neat to like come across someone who does it cause they're passionate about it mostly and they enjoy doing it and, and like to make people happy. So. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> It's and what fun. what's the base of your soap? Like, I know it's mostly probably just the generic soap stuff, but I, some people have like preferred ingredients that they like to use. I was just curious, kind of what is the main ingredient? Oh, sure. So they're all vegan. So the base uh, is like to, like uh, coconut oil and olive oil. And then usually I'll like use something like shea butter or like olive or almond oil or like uh, cocoa butter or something like that to kind of like, it makes it a bit more like softer and moisturizing and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, but all of them are like, the baseline is always uh, coconut and olive oil. Cool. So how long yeah. does it take to make a bar of soap? Like just a basic one. <laughs> um, so like one batch takes, it only takes like a, like a couple hours. Like, and most of it is just the prep of like getting everything ready. Uh, it's kind of like baking where like you kind of like melt all the oils together. And then like it, um, once you add lye, which is sodium hydroxide, like that's the chemical reaction that creates soap is the oil and the lye together. And so then once that happens, like the, the, uh, liquid starts to like solidify and then that's what turns into soap. But the part that sucks is that it takes two months to cure. And so you, you make it and then you have to wait two months to actually use it. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's not really any like you can't really like test stuff right away after you make it. So the making part is fast, but the waiting is the the hard part. So got it. So it's yeah, more yeah. tedious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if people want to like like do custom orders, sometimes I'm like, well, you have to give me like a lot of lead time because it takes a while <laughs> for it to be ready. So yeah. yeah. Is there is there any um, ingredients that you don't want to use, or are you pretty much open to all of them? 
Uh, I won't use palm oil, even if it's like supposedly sustainably sourced, just because of all the like deforestation and like the uh, habitat displacement and all that kind of stuff. I'm like not into that. <laughs> that yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, which really is frustrating because palm oil is such a good oil and soap. <laughs> like it like is behaves so well and it's such a like nice additive. But like, yeah, I don't use it because of the ethics of it. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Yeah. So if I were to order like a certain um certain scent, like trying to think of one like sort of a masculine woodsy scent is that hard to incorporate or would that take time like to, oh uh... um well basically it's like if you wanted a custom order then yeah it wouldn't be ready for a couple months but if you just wanted like stuff from my whatever random stock i have then like yeah i try and make like um i try and make a good, a good variety every time i make like a bunch of them because it does take like i usually make like one batch a day and one batch is typically like 12 to 18 bars and so to have enough for like like a like a soap drop is what i call them i usually try to make like 12 cents at a time okay um so yeah usually i try to have like a kind of woodsier one in there's like a staple like sandalwood sage one i always make um mm. that one sells pretty well so it also has charcoal in it and everyone loves charcoal apparently. of course yeah <laughs> yeah so that one usually sells out pretty fast so yeah i usually like have like little staple ones like that that i always make and then i switch up the other ones so, so what are your more common ones like the sandalwood one you said and then what are some other ones that most people buy Ooh. okay um <laughs> definitely peppermint everyone really likes i make like this peppermint scrub bar so it has like poppy seeds in it so it's a bit like Ooh. yeah exfoliating and people really like that one um what else um sometimes like i like lavender oil cells um and i used to make like an oatmeal milk honey one which doesn't have actual milk it just has coconut milk in it um and that one is really good especially in the winter because it has like um like oats are really good for like um dry skin and that kind of thing so yeah that one's a big one too so that sounds yeah. good so yeah. they're kind of like more neutral scents at the, at the same time too yeah or like ones that people like kind of are familiar with and so they sell for that reason too i think right because if i make like bubble gum some people are like i don't know about that yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah sometimes i try some random stuff and uh just kind of hope that they sell and usually i usually sell out of everything but yeah it is like funny sometimes and i'm like oh this one is not moving at all and i thought people would be so into it <laughs> yeah well for me like i've kind of found my scent so to say like i wear old spice swagger and a lot of people compliment on me like compliment my my scent and yeah one of my coworkers actually asked me to buy her the deodorant because i smelled so good and i was like okay <laughs> So I gave it to her and she's like, now I smell like Peyton. I was like, cool. That's so funny. <laughs> and then everyone like passes by like, oh, you smell good. It's like, it's just my deodorant. But, and yeah. then I also have a, a new cologne from uh, Malin and Getz, I believe it is. It's a strawberry one, which is totally unusual. But I went into the store trying to find a new cologne and I came across this smell and I was like, that is the most amazing smell I've ever smelled. And it's not like a traditional, like you know prada or gucci cologne like it's totally out of the box like random but amazing once it hits your skin so that's kind of like my scent that i use but mm. i tend to use like good smelling body washes and soaps just when, you know, when i'm in the shower but that's like my other scent on the everyday basis are those two but i'm always down to like explore different smells and scents and how they correspond with my deodorant and my cologne so Oh, I, yeah. I kind of I like sandalwood a lot actually and like those kind of woodsy oaky smells so mm. they really mesh well and and then of course working in healthcare we can't have a lot of scents but people do anyways because you know oh, yeah. we can't smell bad obviously but each yeah. their own you know so <laughs> that's kind of my preferred scent that I wear on an everyday basis so 
Wow, you're such a scent connoisseur. Strawberry <laughs> cologne, interesting. That's so cool. <laughs> if you find it, you should smell it. It's it's delicious, actually. Yeah, I, wanted, but... <laughs> I definitely want to try it. That sounds so cool. Yeah, they have a whole lineup, but I'll maybe I'll send you the link because it's like it's amazing smelling. So oh, yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just different with how I like to smell. I don't like to be like everyone else, so I'm always exploring. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Totally. Right, well, um, thank you for coming on. I just really wanted to like share your story and like what you do and and just have some other perspective. So yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Do you have any other questions before we go or anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. This was nice though. I really appreciate you reaching out and I'm stoked to hear uh, your future episodes as well. <laughs> I'll definitely let you know when it's all posted in live. So sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I'll see you online. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>